first off, I want to thank you guys for inviting me up here. Um, this is awesome. I like to be back there. <laughs> That's where I belong. I belong in that booth back there to make whoever's up here speaking sound good. Because I'm not a front guy. Not me. But that's where God wants me at, so that's where I'm going to be. Um, to start off with, I'm a hero maker. Everybody know what a hero maker is? What's a hero? Helping everyone remember orders. Helping everyone remember orders. That's what I do. We are an organization that uh, start off as a going off into the, like you guys do, going out to help people pass out beans and rice and share God's word. Carol Makers has evolved, and uh, we now build buildings. Uh, this last year we uh, did a room addition, two room additions on existing houses and an orphanage. Uh, there'll be pictures flashing up and on every once in a while that you can take a look at and see what we do. We put up a school building. There's the aim place. You guys know where that's at. And, uh, I'll start all over. Last year I went on a uh, hero trip. And uh, what a hero trip is, is last year the violence was so bad in Mexico that they suggested we not come down across the border. So we stayed on the Texas side and we worked. And we worked in three different, in a children's home, we worked in a, uh, a Bible school, and we worked at a uh, orphanage called Buckner Institute. Buckner Institute, we were hanging sheetrock, and I hung sheetrock for three straight days, holding up sheetrock. I wonder why. <laughs> but while we were sitting there eating one day, one of the gentlemen in our uh, group, his name is Bob Bacham. I want you guys to remember that name, Bob Bacham. He's still not saved. He's close. He is close. But. Bob was talking with the directors, and uh, leading up to that point for about six months, I've been praying to God, what do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? So uh, I'm sitting there, I'm exhausted from the third day of hanging sheetrock, holding it up above my head. And as I'm sitting there, Bob's talking to the directors, and uh, during a conversation, Bob can talk to anybody. I'm like Mike. Talk to anybody. And uh, Bob says, Al, got, they got a question for you. And uh, I said, okay. They were wondering what you, if they had a position here at the home, if you'd be interested in coming down. I didn't say nothing. So we asked the question again. Al, I said, yeah. If they had a position for you here at the home, would you be interested in coming? And I'm sitting there on a bench, no way around me. And I hear this voice, what are you going to do, Al? <laughs> no way. I didn't say anything. Here it came again, what are you going to do, Al? Oh, I got it. Now there I am. She dropped. Yeah, I'd be interested. Bob turns around, what? Yeah, I'd be interested. So, we uh, begin to talk with the lady there, and she gives me an application. 
take it back, I fill it out, I turn it in. She goes, uh, this is awesome. When can you and your wife come down and uh, interview? Wife? I don't have a wife. <laughs> oh, you're not married? No, I'm not married. Unless God has something for me that I don't know about yet. <laughs> you know, miracles can happen. So uh, they said, oh, well, we'll keep your application on file and see how it works out. So, okay. So we go back to Kansas City. And uh, while in Kansas City, one of the gentlemen in our group named Gary, on one of the, in one of these pictures here, but Gary's got a large heart, and he was touched by God. Because on 1-11-11, we were at a children's home in uh, Mission, Kansas. And these are all Spanish-speaking girls that have come across the border that live on this side at Pastor Dave's Bible School. And they prayed for us. They laid hands on us. They prayed for us. Moving, touching. My life was changed forever on that day. And Gary's life was changed. But Gary had a vision. He wanted to build a house. He has the means to pay for a whole house that we build as hero makers. And uh, we went, we came down in April, this last year. And uh, came, Gary came to church one day and said, uh, Al, uh, I'm going down to see Rocky. And Rocky's in one of these pictures. But uh, I said, well, that's great. He said, but you're going too. I go, what? Why am I going? He says, I don't know. You're going. Okay. So I went. We left Kansas City at Saturday morning at 6 a.m. in the morning. We returned to, came down to Mexico. We toured eight different orphanages. We returned to Kansas City on Sunday morning at 6 a.m. in the morning. So in a 24-hour period, we crossed the border. We visited eight orphanages. We uh, looked at a lot of places, visited a lot of people. I, I didn't take any notes because I didn't even know what I was there for. What here for? Well, one orphanage we walked into, uh, we walked into the middle, and Rocky was uh, walking in, and this little girl from about 50 yards away started screaming, about four years old just screaming, happy scream, arms outstretched, running. And while we're looking at Rocky going, Rocky's kind of got a sheepish grin on his face. And this little girl runs, that's who she ran to. Me. I didn't know who she was. Arms outstretched, pick her up, hug her. She hugged me for five minutes. Five minutes. I got it, I got it, I got it. I put the little girl down and she disappears. So we've seen her the rest of the time we were there. Where she came from, he knows. All right, God, I know what I'm supposed to do. All right, I got it. Well, we go back to where we're staying in uh, Mission. And uh, Gary goes, well, I've decided what house we're going to build. There's a house in Pilar de Esperanza that Hero Maker built uh, three years ago now. It still isn't completed. And uh, he said, I want to build a house just like that. And that's where we were supposed to go to Pilar to build the third house. And uh, he said, I'm, I'm really torn about building another house if the one that's already there, been there for three years, still isn't finished. So we're talking, and there's that voice again. What are you going to do, Al? 
It's just Gary and me. Gary didn't say it. He didn't have to tell me twice. I said, Gary, this is what I'm going to do. This is what God wants me to do. I'm going to stay with that house from groundbreaking. And uh, I'll stay with that house, break the ground, pour the concrete, and build the house. I'll stay to finish the house. I'll stay until we have house parents filling that house. The house is full. And we'll go from there. He goes, you really will do that? I said, yeah, God wants me to do it. So, long story short, three weeks before I was supposed to leave in October of last year to come down here, Pilar calls, sends a message. We don't want you to build another house here at Aurora. Okay. What do you got, God? No answer. We didn't know where we were going. Rocky goes, uh, so I asked Rocky, I said, so where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? He goes, well, you're still coming. God will provide. Okay. I go, back, I go down and I stay in Mission, Kansas, Palm View at uh, Melody Lane Retreat Renewal Center where missionaries stay. I was in there for three weeks not knowing what I was going to do. Rocky shows up. We uh, have this orphanage that uh, that bald guy. But anyway, we uh, ended up going to uh, down into Matamoros. We crossed the border, and uh, a lot of you guys crossed the border. Got down into the, the gateway. Some of you know who the cartel members are personally. <laughs> they know me too. I'll get to that later. But we found this orphanage down there. It's called Angel of God. And that's Angel of God Orphanage right there. It's run by two American ladies from Montana that have spent 21 years of their life down there. But God called us to, uh, you're looking at the roof of a metal building that a church in Texas had been going down there. And they purchased this metal building for a school for these kids that live on that orphanage. Uh, that guy doesn't need to have a nail in But, anyway, that's the inside of that metal building. This church had purchased this building, but then the violence got so bad they refused to come across the border. So it sat over here in Texas for two years. Well, that's where Hero Makers came in. When we crossed onto their property, that was their first need. Take a look at that picture. That you'll see pictures later on. But we agreed to uh, put up that metal building for their school. So that was our project. God put it in front of us and said, "I got a project for you, Al." Remember, I went down to build a house, but I was open to doing whatever God wanted me to do. Amen. So there's our metal building. That's Eleazar. He was one of the house parents. He went to volunteer for a month, stayed for six months as a house parent for the boys. Him and his wife, Persona. That's my mentor. That's Rob. But, back to the story. We decided that's what we were going to do. We were going to put up that metal building. And uh, so we went down and put up the metal building for the school. And uh, I... When I got there, there was no ground broke, no trenches dug, nothing. Middle building wasn't even there yet. Still in Texas. 
Mexico will not allow this building to come across the border because Mexico makes themselves metal buildings. This building was purchased in Texas. Not going to let it come across. They don't know my guy. It came across. But before the building came across, we had to dig the foundation. It's a uh, 30 by 40 building. Uh, most of you don't realize the dirt in Texas. It was about this much that soft. And after that, you get concrete or clay. Our foundations had to be uh, 12 inches wide by three feet deep. And in the corners, the ditches had to be three feet wide by three feet wide by three feet deep. Remember, this much is soft, the rest is like concrete. So we dug ditches by hand. No tools, no nothing other than shovels and picks. And uh, I became a ditch digger. God needed me to do it. Dug ditches. And we dug 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 and we dug. But we got it done. We had every kid in the orphanage from six-year-old Darlene up to the 24-year-old college kids that came home on weekends up digging ditches because they wanted that school building built. Amen. We got it erected. We got that metal building put up. We got that metal building put up and uh, we had everybody from around the neighborhood and community come help put that building up because they'd waited for two years for someone brave enough to cross the border to come and direct that building. Amen. Well, we had barely got the foundation dug and we'd work all day long digging. And uh, I live over at the AIM base on the second floor of the, in the cafeteria area. And uh, Armando and I pulled in there long day of digging ditches and uh, barely got in the driveway when I get a phone call from Rocky. You need to go back to the orphanage, the truck is coming over. I go, what? Yeah, they're going to bring it over sometime tonight, but you got to be there. They're crossing the border in Matamoros after dark. Oh, awesome, but you need to go now. So Rocky, we've been digging ditches all day. Now, okay, just a minute. Change clothes. No, now. Okay. We turned around because we don't know when it's coming. We turned around, went over across the border, got back in to the, not across the border, across the road. These guys know all about the road. Anyway, we got across the road and uh, got into the compound. I went and told Linda, who's the orphanage director, that uh, the building was coming. We need to pray. Because, uh, building is coming. By the time I got away from her apartment in the back and got up to the front where the gate was, the truck was at the gate. Got across the border and was there within 45 minutes from the time I got phone call. God knew now, you got to go now. <coughs> we, dropped the we dropped the trailer that night and we unloaded it the next day. But we, uh, we eventually got that building put up, completed. None of us had ever done a metal building in our lives. Do everything by wood. We build with wood. Steel beams. But we got her put together again. 
<laughs> but, uh, so now the building is up. It's uh, completed on one side. It's been painted. I have a uh, my computer in the back. Back here has got some pictures of it and uh, <coughs> painted. Uh, it's ready for tile. They'll have a new classroom next spring. Be ready for their new classroom. Their current classroom for 11 kids in the future is about eight feet wide by maybe 14 feet long. Their new classroom is now 20 feet wide by 30 feet long. So, praise God. Amen. Anyway, while we're, there it is, there's the building. Half of that on the left side is their classroom. But while we're building this, Linda is coming up inside of the school. We've insulated, we did everything. It's, it's nice. She said, uh, we got house parents coming. We need room additions on our houses. Can you do that? Uh, well, normally, we, you know, we take three months into planning and we have three days. Sure, we can do that, no problem. Well, no problem. But again, Al State, remember, I'm building a house for the Lord. We can still build a house, but I got a room addition. So I guess I'll be there for a while yet. Two more years. But uh, it's been good. We've uh, we completed the room additions. Hero Makers came down for two weeks. Uh, when they left, it was uh, the structure was up, it was enclosed, the windows were in, the roof was on. Sheetrock got put up. Uh, since they left, and that was it. Since they left in January, second week of January, up until just the other day, uh, we completed the sheetrock, got all the insulation done, we got all the electrical done, we got uh, painting done, all the tiles have been put in, uh, trims have been put up, ready to be basically moved into. Praise the Lord. But, no more to do. Like I said, I still have, I'm there to put up a house. So, maybe next year. But I'm over at the game, game base now, working over there laying tile. Um, the road. These guys seem to draw attention to the cartel. I don't understand it. Huh? It's not drug. It's your but they don't pull you over. <laughs> well, they don't pull me over either. God's got me down there for a reason. I still haven't figured out what the complete reason is for me to be there. But I'm there. But, we're over at the orphanage working, and uh, the cook of the girls' house is a college student going to college in Matamoros. And one day he is... Uh, talking with one of his classmates who happens to be in the drug cartel. And uh, he tells Ezekiel about every vehicle they own, every uh, person that drives the vehicles, where they go, where they live. So Ezekiel says, well, what about that brown van? Yep, we know all about that brown van. Well, that's my friend Al's van. Oh, we even know his name. Well, his name's Al, Big Al. Oh, okay. Well, we've been ordered by number one and number two in the cartel to leave that man alone. Wow. 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 
go, why? Well, there's somebody in that orf one of the orphanages, either where he lives or where he works. His family members are in that orphanage. The family says that he's there to make the lives of our kids better. He's not here to frighten us. He's here to love us. Leave him because they know me as Big Amigo with the white beard. <laughs> Big Amigo with the white beard. So, night Mike and I were driving back from Harlingen. We crossed the bridge. You know all about the bridge. This vehicle comes up behind me. Fast. All three vehicles. Fast. First vehicle goes around me because they box you in. First vehicle came around me, pulled up beside me. All of a sudden, just took off. Looked in my rearview mirror. Two vehicles behind me, gone. They stopped, pulled away. I know what the first vehicle said. It's a big amigo with the white He's off limits. So, God's protective hand. God watches over me. He takes care of me. Amen. He takes care of all of us. Yes. It has been an amazing, amazing time down there. I used to own a hardwood flooring business in Kansas City. Played hardwood and tile. Made good money, but never had enough. God called me to the mission field. I have less than I had before, but I've got so much more than I could ever use. Amen. Amen. God has given me more than I could ever use. I can't give it away fast enough. And I've been trying. I've been trying. That's Mike. I had a lot of stuff. He helped me move in Kansas City. That was quite an experience. But, telling Pastor Matt this morning, God keeps giving and giving and giving. I just can't, can't give it away fast enough. Keep coming, keep coming. So, the orphanage where we built the school and the uh, two room additions. I'm not going back. The directors of the home have decided that uh, they don't feel comfortable with me being at the orphanage when Rocky's not. It's a long story, I can tell about it later, but I was really depressed. I was depressed because I loved those kids there. I loved being there. I loved working there. They said I can't come back when I go back in June. And I was bummed out. Came back, reading, doing my devotions, and God said, What are you worried about? I got something better for you. That door may be closed for now, but I got something better for you. So uh, three days later, I got to go to the island. What's the name of it? Yeah, that island right there. <laughs> That's about how much Spanish I speak. Quito. <laughs> so we get to go to the island. And uh, I'm at the island. We get to pass out clothing, food. There's two little boys that come. They told me, we got these bag of toys we want you to hand out. 
So I pass out these two teddy bears to these two little boys that are about, oh, I don't know, four, four and five years old. Biggest grin on their face, and they just start yakking. Can't understand a word of it, but they're happy and smiling. And his dad standing off to the side, kind of, what's this guy doing? Well, I have found out that that's what the drug cartel does, too. They hand out toys. They give food to the kids. So the dad's wondering, what's this guy going to do? What's this guy going to do? I keep loving him. Keep giving them toys, and they keep talking, and they keep laughing. The rest of our group is there also, but he sees that I'm loving the kids. I'm loving on those two boys. Pretty soon, his whole demeanor is kind of softening, getting lighter. The ladies get to uh, one of the ladies, Susan. She comes down and she shares God's word, and she gives an invitation. Pastor Marco is there, and. Uh, he shares God's word. Well, guess what happened? Her brother got saved. Amen. First time. He got saved. God used me to soften his heart. Amen. So that those that are qualified to preach can spread God's word, give God's word. So uh, I got a hug from him later. Found out that I had a part in that. God gave me something better. Amen. Nobody got saved at the orphanage. They did on the island. Amen. So, that all said and done, we got to go across the island, to the island in a boat. And uh, God used me again, miraculously. I still don't know what I'm there for, but whatever he wants me to do. Cody could have been there, I could have used him. We had to carry a 50-pound bag of beans and a 50-pound bag of rice mm. for about a mile on our shoulders. But I guess what the pack mule is for, that's what you're using. <laughs> so I carried it. But we got to this house. We delivered the beans and rice. Pastor Marco and Magdalena got to share with the family, talk with them. Turns out that the husband has been uh, not going to church. Just really felt empty, and he shared that with everybody. In fact, Marco shared that with us, and uh, so we visited. They visited with him for a while, and Pastor Marco asked for prayer, so we prayed. And uh, he's looking for a church, looking for a church. He figures a church is going to give him peace. And my prayer was not that he find a church, which is good. Church is good once you're a Christian and saved. He's not saved. My prayer was is that he not find a church, but he find my God. Amen. And he find a God that satisfies and fulfills your life. Amen. And I prayed loud because, man, the Lord was leading me. Well, the prayer got over with. We started visiting a little bit more, and he told Pastor Mark, he said, I don't know who prayed that Lord prayer about, I hate God, but I do need God. Pastor Mark got to pray with him. Amen. I don't know what I'm going to do down there. I'm still not done building that house yet. Maybe this next year we'll build a house. I don't know. But uh, in Hebrews chapter 
chapter 11. We're talking about faith. Faith is mentioned over 28 times just in chapter 11 alone. Well, people thought I was crazy for going to Mexico. I didn't. I wasn't scared a bit. God wants me in Mexico. That's where he wants called me. So I went. Did I know what I was going to do? I still don't know what I'm supposed to do. But I'm there. And I'm glad to be there. That's home now. And that's Mike. I didn't want to leave yesterday. Yes, my family lives in the States. And I've got a new family now. A bunch of little kids. Drug cartel. <laughs> Drug cartel, the watchmen, stand on the corners. It's gotten to the point now that I rolled out my window share food with them. Yeah. Wow. They come to my window. Amen. They're smiling. They're saying thank you in English. They see me driving down the road. They wave. Well, I have a chance to wave. I wave at everybody when I drive down there. God has commanded me to love my enemies. Yeah. And that's what I share with everybody. I'm here to love people. That's what I'm doing. Waving. Smiling, they're hungry, give them whatever food I got. God give me more, and he does. Amen. Food's always there. I haven't lost anything. <laughs> Everybody was concerned I was going to lose so much weight. <laughs> how are you going to survive on beans and rice? I don't know how I'm not going to survive when I have beans three times a day. We have Refried beans, frijoles, three times a day. Breakfast, dinner, supper. Every meal, refried beans, and rice, and jalapenos. <laughs> but this amigo eats hotter jalapenos than this. Corners. <laughs> so anyway, it's been good. It has been good. And in Hebrews 11, chapter 8. This is me. By faith, Al, called to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Even though he did not know where he was going. Remember back when I said I went to Mexico, came down, didn't know where I was going. I waited three weeks before God opened the door and said, I'm going to let you go into Matamoros, a hot spot. Okay. Sounds good to me. With faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. And do I look like a stranger? Does <laughs> everybody that's only about this fall? Big amigo with the white beard. Guess what? I can't shave. Yeah. That's how they know me. Big amigo with the white beard. Okay. Whatever you say, Lord. I don't have to live in a tent. Get to live at the gateway. Story about the gateway. The apartment that I live in on the second floor above the kitchen, I had a roommate before Armando. The roommate was about this big around. <laughs> <laughs> I 
About that long? <laughs> Anybody have any idea what it was? It's a rat. Well, this rat, you couldn't kill. We didn't think. He ate a jar of my peanut butter, and the war was on. Big jar of peanut butter. Uh, through the plastic lid. Halfway down the plastic jar, ate about that much of my peanut butter, and left the fragments inside the peanut butter jar. Four was on. <laughs> During the night, he came and ate a jar of my deodorant. <laughs> Gone. So, I thought I was going to be smart and kill him with poison. Well, Home Depot sells rat poison and the big rat traps. So I put peanut butter on the rat trap, set it, went to bed, three o'clock in the morning, I jump up, over to the rat trap, it's flipped over, ha ah, ha, I gotcha. Flip it over, nothing there. Peanut butter gone. About a minute later, here's what I heard. <laughs> that rat was laughing at me. I didn't wound it. All right, now I'll put out this green bait. The green pieces were about that big, about that big, about that long. Three of them. Went to work the next day, came home that night, all three pieces gone. He ate that stuff like candy. <laughs> Not kidding you. Holes in the wall, same bedroom I stayed in. On that the next night, had a tin can that I'll fix you. Took the tin can down the hole. Gotcha. Yeah, right. <laughs> I came back to work the next day from work, came up to the room. It's all gone. He chewed a hole through my metal can. Oh. Made another hole. Wow. Now I have two holes. <laughs> well, we finally got him, I think, because I haven't seen him for about six weeks now. Hmm. But we had to finally get high-powered potent <laughs> poison from the states, and uh, I think we got him. But. That was quite an experience, going to bed every night. So for the first basically two months, you go to bed with in the back of your mind, you take your deodorant, you smell cam. Sleep wasn't very good for the first couple of months. But, hey, it's indoors. I do have air conditioning. Not very good, but it is AC. God does provide. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. That's what I'm looking forward to. Living down here in Mexico is home, but I'm looking forward to walking on those streets of gold. That's what I'm looking forward to. I don't know how long God's going to allow me to be down here. Don't care. I'm there. That's where God wants me right now, and I'm glad to be there. 
My job now is over at Esperanza Viva, where is the orphanage at the gateway. Um, there's approximately, uh, I think there's 17 kids over there. The youngest is uh, 14. They go up to age 22. Um, they've been given beds that don't fit the bunk beds. So, now my task is, is I got about uh, 22 beds to build. Mm -hmm. Finally, I get to work with wood. Yeah. <laughs> but another god thing is, is uh, back when Hero Makers were here, we bought uh, 600, 595 square foot of tile to install. Their bathrooms also did not have floor, had concrete, no tile on the floors. So we tiled the floor. Tiled all the walls in the shower. You'll see back in the other ones. Again, remember, 595 square foot of tile was purchased. So far, I've installed 850 square foot of tile. 595, 850. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. I still have eight boxes of tile left over. And wow. room to do another laundry. God provides. Mm -hmm. Can never run out. More than enough. Mm -hmm. There's more than enough. More than enough. Just keep coming and coming. So, what do you say? It's been an honor to serve God in Mexico. I was married for 31 years. And one day my wife filed for divorce. Said we were uncompatible. Hey God, what's this all about? But I don't understand. Didn't understand. But I still don't understand. And I said, wherever you want me to go, God, I'll go. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. So I'm in Mexico. What have I done for the last 28 years? Or no, 30, 38 years like a child wandering in the wilderness. 38 years I've done just about everything known that I can think of doing. I've got two more years to go, I guess, to close my plan. <laughs> but uh, it's amazing, God, what he's put me through, what I've gone through, what I've learned, what I still haven't learned, what I'm going to learn, what I'm going to do. People I've met, you guys, 31 years of marriage and all my friends from my wife's side. She was a school teacher, a Christian school teacher, and all of my, our friends were from her. So I lost all my friends. Felt sorry for myself. Pity party. God said, I got something better. Okay. I believe it. Amen. I have no doubts anymore. Maybe for a few minutes. But then the pity party gets over with because God is more than enough. More than enough. Every day, more than enough. My insurance ran out. No medical insurance. Diabetic. I get paid for your medicine now. I don't know. God will provide. 
got an insurance plan. Costs $150 a month. Christian Health Ministries. It's not really insurance, but it's in case you do get sick, you pay for your deductible. People like you pay the rest of the bills. Haven't had to use it yet, praise God. It costs $150 a month. I don't have $150 a month, God. God says you're getting it. Okay. Christian Health Ministries sends me an email and says, we want to give you the first two months free. It's never been done before. They've never given anything away free. Okay, I guess that means I'm supposed to get it. First two months go by and I go, now what? I don't have $150, Lord. Guess what? God gives a donor. The donor came in and said, I want to give $125 a month to Al for his insurance. Oh, more than enough. More than enough. Provide it again. More than enough. Still need, in, still need insulin. In America, a small bottle of insulin lasts for 30 days. $130 a bottle. Guess what? In Mexico, I can get that same bottle of insulin for 50 bucks. <laughs> More than enough. God provides. God provides. There's always more than enough. Always more than enough. Building my faith. I have doubts about things now. About that long. Because I know God's got more than enough. They'll provide. They'll provide. So, do I need to raise more funds? Yeah, I do. I do. I've got more expenses that I know what to do with, but I'm not worried about it anymore. I'll provide. It has up to this point. I don't think he's going to stop. He hasn't stopped yet. There's always more than enough. Always more than enough. He's opened more doors. He's allowed me to do more in the last six months than I did in the first 50 years of my life. I went to college back in 1975 to be a camping administrator. The program wasn't even new yet. Just started. No hands-on stuff. I'm a hands-on guy. So you're going to study and read books, Al. <laughs> right. Well, I made it through a year and a half of studies and I quit. I'm not a hands-on guy. I'm a hands-on guy, not a book guy. Well, guess what? I'm sitting at the gateway right now. Room for 400 kids. All by myself. Guess what? I'm a camping administrator now. <laughs> Come on down. More than enough. 38 years of learning, placing light bulbs with guys that hit it with their head when they sit up in the middle of the night. <laughs> More than enough. More than enough. We have a group down there. It's a Catholic church group that came from San Benito, which is right across the border near Harlingen. We've got 150 plus people down there at the gateway right now. Praise God. 
Praise God. Amen. People are coming. They're starting to use the place again. Let's fill that place up every weekend. Amen. Let's fill it up. You guys need to come down more often. <laughs> I am very thankful for you guys coming down when you do. Very thankful for you guys coming down. God has given me good partners, good friends. And I was so thankful for you guys coming down. First couple times, I didn't really kind of ignore you. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Strange people from Texas that talk with the Louisiana accent. <laughs> I'm from the north. I'm from North Dakota. You know, you guys are more your family. And I look forward to you guys coming. I get tears in my eyes. I pulled into Houston. Man, I was... Pumped! I couldn't wait to see you guys. It was great. It was great. Okay, sure, word. Anytime, it's your church. <laughs> hey, it's Jesus' church. We manage it. Uh, turn to the book of James. Chapter 1. Now, as we were scrolling through the pictures, I don't know if you guys saw. But uh, Alex got a scripture that Hebrews is uh, based on. But when we read the word, it's always better to read a little bit ahead of the scripture and a little bit after. Helps put it in proper perspective. Amen? Amen. So let's start in verse 19. Chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. All the pictures, all the testimonies, those of you who know the, the culture of this body, but really the body of Christ, is that it's always moving and doing something. God's kingdom is constantly advancing. You choose whether or not you want to be a part of it moving or not. Something that is stagnant eventually becomes dead, right? So it's our job to keep our eyes and ears open. What is the Lord doing in front of us? How do we get ourselves connected and don't merely listen to the word? But do what it says. Do you realize the seats that we mentioned earlier that we are looking to purchase are not just to make you feel comfortable. We're purchasing seats because we want to add volume in this room so that each and every person can be equipped to do, not just listen. If you stay in that seat and really your heart and your trust in the Lord, your function and purpose in Jesus is just to occupy a space within this church that you miss the purpose. And more than likely, there will be friction between Eric, myself, and you. Because we are going to cause you to move. You sit and fill this seat so you can be sent out to fill others. Isn't it a blessing to have one across Big Al? Yes. The last trip we made, I think it was uh, in Christmas time, but also the more, more, more recent. Al would stand at the, the edge of the gateway uh, 
cafeteria warehouse thing, and he would just wait for us to drive up. Don't tell him how long that Al had been waiting there. But we literally would turn that corner, there was Al just standing there. I'm and worried. They <laughs> <laughs> got stopped coming in. Where you where they're at. But you could just see, it's like he's just longing for his friends, but more so his family, to come back. This is a man who's all by himself, alone, doing the work of God. And the Lord is adding to him numbers. Numbers of body, numbers of the family of God that will join with him and advance God's kingdom. Because he's doing something. So let's keep reading James. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now, I don't want to get all kind of new translation here, but he and him pertains to mankind, particularly sometimes my own wife. Because sometimes she goes and looks in the mirror after dressing herself up, looks beautiful. I tell her she looks beautiful and she doesn't agree with me. <laughs> but what this is referring to is that as we use God's word to see exactly who we are, we forget what it says about us. That's good and that's evil. Remember, God's word is the only true source of the knowledge of good and evil. So as you look into God's word, as you hear Al's testimony, week after week, after all the soaking that you guys get from teaching and also demonstrating what God's Word is, its primary purpose is to be a mirror, to show you soberly exactly where are you with the Lord. And as you have that proper and sober judgment, then you're called to act on it. So as Steve looks in God's Word and sees certain areas of, of his life that need to improve, well then it is now his responsibility to do something about it. But also the good that Steve sees within his life, he's also called to do something about it. You guys ever been in that circumstance, in that position like Al mentioned earlier? There's an immediate need that no one else is available to fill. It's solely you that's there that's hearing it. And now the decision is yours. Do you choose to do or not? This is where what you believe, your religion, everything, is it worth something or is it not? Is it real? Well, let's see exactly what the heart of God is and what you're able to work But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. He will have more than enough. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Because it's about what you do. And obviously, what you do with your mouth. Remember the very beginning of 19? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Now, we can become angry with just our face and never say a word, but honestly, we're saying something even with our body language. It speaks. Here's the key verse. Religion that our God, I'm sorry, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. Do you want God to accept your acts of religion, more or less? I mean, in this, the song 
uh, dancing with my father God who said, you know, where religion dies. Well, false religion honestly dies. This appearance of holiness on the outside, but nothing but scum and sin on the inside. Do you want your acts and deeds and hearing translated to doing be acceptable before God? I think everyone would say yes. Nobody lives to fail. No one lives to displease God on purpose. We live, the fact you're sitting in the seat shows. You want to get it right. You want God to accept you and thereby accept what you do. Let's look at the heart of what God accepts. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. God's heart is for those who do not have a mother or a father or a husband. Someone to cover them. Someone to fight for them when no one else is there to fight for them. And lastly, to keep yourself from becoming mixed, involved, tainted, polluted. Sorry, there's only one true image when I think of the word polluted. And that's the waste that goes down our toilets. You only equate what sin is before God in your life, even just a little bit. I mean, would you, honestly, we have this on tape, it's great. Would you mind, if next pop up, I take a little bit of water or whatever contents are inside that toilet and put it in each dish that we're going to serve? Now, why do you think God would accept anything less from you? Keep yourself from being polluted by the world. Because you do not live according to his standards. You live according to his. And what that looks like is being a hero every single way. And what Al's called to do in Mexico obviously is to dig trenches that exist out of concrete. And you would think in that moment as he's got the pickaxe, he's on the very last one, his back wants to split in half and his feet are about to fall off. How in the world is this helping anybody remember about orphans? The only thing I'm remembering is my age and the joints in my body that hurt. It's because it's about the final product, not the immediate process. The final product of you sitting in this chair has nothing to do with learning more within your brain. It has everything to do with what are you going to do afterwards. We feel good about going to church. In fact, a lot of us who come from certain kind of cultures and backgrounds, we feel like that is our act and duty unto God. Word says absolutely different. What is our reasonable or spiritual act of worship? Well, somebody raise up your hands. I call it. Pray. Romans 12. To offer your body as a living sacrifice. You want to be accepted by God. You want Him to accept the works of your hands. Offer every bit of your body, your life, to Him. And He will do more than ever good with it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Or stand to your feet. Now, it wouldn't be right if we just heard an awesome word and great testimony from Al. Every one of you get a big bear hug from him. Feel that love. But we want to bless him.
reconciled in every single way. One way we can do it here immediately is to pray for them. Al, do you need prayer? Amen. So if I could have the elders of the church, Stephen Charles. Stretch out your hands. We're going to bless them.